the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Keep that passage open in front of you. Uh, so if you've closed your Bible, it's page 1,000. Um, and we will be looking at that passage together. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your word, that in it we read all that we need to know for salvation and all we need to know to live a godly life. And that in it we also read what our mission is to be as a church. Help us therefore, Father, this morning individually and as a church to submit to your word to be refreshed by your spirit and to be sent out to do your will. Amen. So this morning we're thinking about what is the mission of the church. Now this is a, a break from our sermon series. Our current sermon series uh, is one where we're going through the book of Exodus. Um, but we're taking a little break from that. Next week, uh, we will be back in Exodus. Actually, John Shepherd, Vicar of Christchurch, will be preaching here, and I'll be over at Christchurch, so we're, we're swapping over next Sunday. So John will come and preach on the Passover, um, which is the next passage in the book of Exodus. Um, but today, we're just taking a little break to think about what the mission of the church is. Why? Why are we doing that today? Well, the PCC want your input want the input of the church family uh, to help us think about how we're going about doing this mission. Uh, we do periodically have times where we go back to thinking about what is our mission as a church, how are we doing it, uh, should there be things that we should be tra uh, changing, new things we should be trying, that sort of thing, uh, and uh, we want your input to help us as we think about that. And uh, we've got a little bit of a time scale ahead of us that we want to uh, have worked on this and get something to you by our annual meeting, which is our forward focus in April. And you may think, well, that's miles off. Uh, but the PCC need your input now. And then in January, we've got a, a morning away for the PCC where we're going to be thinking about this further, working on it, praying about it. Uh, and we need time then before April to, to put things together. That's our hope. That's our plan for, uh, for uh, the coming months. And therefore, we'd love to get your input now. Now don't worry if you're new, if you're visiting, well, you're not going to be put on the spot, you don't have to contribute to this and John, our, one of our church wardens, uh, is going to come up a little bit later on to explain how people can give uh, input. But before we do that, we need to think about what is the mission of the church. It's all very well getting your input but we need to think what is our purpose, what are we to be about uh, before we think how we're going to go about doing it. 
Clearly, we've got to know what our purpose is, what our mission is, before we think how to do it. And that question, what is the mission of the church, is a more specific question than you might have thought. It's much more specific, actually, than what should the church be doing, or what should we do in the church. The mission of the church is a more focused question. Because the idea of a mission is that you are sent by someone to others to do something in particular. And the mission of the church is what God sends us as the church into the world to do. A few weekends ago, um, uh, my wife Bev and I, uh, as many of you know, took our eldest son up to university. Uh, First year of uni, we took him up to Leeds and our mission that weekend was to drop him off in Leeds. We succeeded. Uh, There were other things, of course, that we did that weekend. Uh, We went out for meals in Leeds. We uh, we stayed at a hotel. Uh, On the way back, we popped in on family. But our mission for that weekend, the big task, was to drop off our son at university. Our task as a church, as we go out into the world, is not everything that God commands us to do. There are other things that we are to do as well, but they aren't necessarily the mission of the church. So the, the question, what is our mission, is, quite, is a little bit focused. It's saying, what are we to do as we relate to the world? And the best place to look, of course, is God's word in the Bible to see what he tells us that we are to do. And the Great Commission at the end of Matthew's Gospel is, of course, a great place to look because there God commissions the church, uh, God commissions the apostles, Jesus commissions them, and from this we learn what our mission is to be as well. So it would be really helpful for you to have that passage open in front of you, page uh, 1,000, really page 1,001, to see what Jesus commanded his closest followers. Now, the context for this is Jesus had died, risen to life again, and was meeting with his closest followers. They're on a mountain, he meets with them, and he commissions them. And in these verses, when Jesus speaks, verses 18, 19, and 20, what you see there is actually one command. It's much clearer in the original language, in the the Greek. Uh, In English, it doesn't stand out so clearly. But there is actually one main command, which is helpful for us, isn't it? The apostles were given one thing to do. Uh, There are three other verbs in there, actually, which then explain how they're to do it. But really, there's one main command. I wonder if you can spot what it is. You'll struggle in English to, to distinguish it. Verse 19, it's in there. You might think it's go, but it's not. The main command is make disciples. That is the main command in those verses. And that's nice and clear for us, isn't it? If someone asks you, what is the mission of the church? We can answer it in two words. It is to make disciples. Disciples. Now, what is a disciple? A disciple is a learner. But clearly, it's not, um, it's not that Jesus is saying, make people who are just uh, learners, not just scholars. He's not saying that. It is disciples, those who learn from Jesus, those who follow Jesus. 
And you see, actually, at the beginning of the passage that was read in verse 16, it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. So what Jesus is saying is, make more of you. Make more people like you. Your disciples, go and make more disciples. That is what they're to do. Well, like I say, that is very helpful for us, isn't it? Our mission, our God-given commission, is to make disciples. If we're doing a whole load of other things, but not doing that, we're not actually doing the mission God calls us to do. It'd be like if Bev and I went up to Leeds with our son, stayed at the hotel, had the meals out, visited the family on the way back, but never actually dropped our son off at university. That would be to fail to do the mission, wouldn't it? So for us as a church, yes, there are other things God calls us to do, commands us to do, but if we're not making disciples, then we're not actually doing the mission. Okay, now you could say, well, that's end of sermon. There we go, that's done. But there is more. Because Jesus doesn't just say make disciples, he then gives three more verbs, uh, three more uh, things within these verses, which tell us how to go about doing it. And the first one is there in verse 19, we've already seen it actually, make disciples by going. So verse 19, therefore go and make disciples. Or another translation you could say, because it's a participle actually, you could say, therefore having gone or as you go, make disciples. So you've got to go to make disciples. Now that is a big change for um, God's people in the Bible. If you know your Old Testament, you know that the Old Testament is primarily focused on one nation, the nation of Israel. And yes, they were to be a light to the Gentiles. They were to to shine out to others, but really to draw others in and to draw others to God in a kind of attractional kind of way. But in the New Testament, Jesus now says, no, now you go. Go to all nations. Go out. And that's what we see in the book of Acts. The book of Acts, uh, after the the Gospels, uh, is then the account of the early church. And what you see is uh, that people are going. They're spreading out. Right at the beginning of the book of Acts, you know, if you know the book of Acts, verse 8, chapter 1, verse 8, there is a kind of uh, contents page almost for the book of Acts that the uh, apostles were to go out from from Jerusalem to Judea and to the ends of the earth. And you can follow that through the book of Acts, that you see the early church spreading from Jerusalem to Judea to the ends of the earth. They just spread, they go. And you notice the authority for going. That's where you go back into verse 18 to the start of what Jesus says. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, as you go, make disciples. That is their authority for going. That Jesus commands them to go and Jesus is the one with all authority in heaven and on earth. You might question, mind you, sometimes we we question, what right do I have? to go and tell someone else about Jesus? What right would we have to go and send people to other nations who don't know Jesus and don't even want to know Jesus? What right would we have to go and tell them? Because our culture actually is, is one where we sort of think, well, I'll do my thing, you do your thing, and I, you know, we mustn't impinge upon one another and we mustn't tell that, uh, someone else what's right and what's wrong. Actually, this is the authority, isn't it? Jesus says he has all authority in heaven 
and on earth. That means he has authority over you and me, over our neighbours, over our street, over our family, over our workplaces, over our schools and colleges, over this nation, over all nations. Jesus has authority, ultimate authority over all the world. And he commands his people, go and make disciples. So it's not our authority, it is Jesus commanding us to go. And it's still our calling, isn't it? As you walk out of the doors this morning, from the warmth into the cold, as you go out of the building today, you're going. Sent by God, if you're a follower of Jesus, sent by God to go. We still go. So the first thing we see, as we make disciples, we've got to go. Second thing, it says baptising. So, verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Clearly, just by going, just by being somewhere else, we're not making any disciples, are we? Just by being there, uh, that's not going to happen. Jesus then says, baptise people. Now, there's a lot wrapped up in that, isn't there? What is baptism? Baptism is is a washing, isn't it? It's being washed. But this is baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so the washing isn't of a physical dirt, of course. It is of a far deeper dirt, more ingrained, far more serious It is of a spiritual dirt. It is of our sin, our wrongdoing. And so for someone to be baptised, for Jesus to send his disciples out to say, go, and as you go, make disciples, baptising them, that means that people are going to need to know about sin and recognise it in their lives, to see that they have, and we have wronged God, that we have said thought and done things wrong as we said in our confession earlier it's for everyone we all need to recognize this our rebellion against God that before God we are dirty we are unclean and to come to God to be washed clean we have to come to Jesus to the cross because that is the place where we can be washed clean when Jesus died on the cross Dying for sinners, the righteous for the unrighteous, as it says in 1 Peter. In our place, taking our wrongdoing onto himself so that any who will come to him can be washed clean of all their wrongdoing. It's a great joy, isn't it, as a Christian? It feels odd, doesn't it? It seems strange that actually to become a Christian, to get the greatest joy, you've got to recognise your badness. But it's true, isn't it? You've got to recognise your sin, recognise your wrongdoing, come to God and say, I need you to wash me clean, I can't do it myself. And Jesus' blood on the cross washes us clean. Baptism represents that, doesn't it? That we need Jesus to wash us. And that we will, from that moment onwards, it's, it's about conversion, coming to faith, And from that moment onwards, we will live for Jesus, for him from then on. 
which is, in biblical terms, repentance. That is, turning away from our old way of life, the old way, when we were living for other things or living for ourselves and saying, no, from now on I'm going to live for Jesus. He is going to be king of my life. All that is wrapped up in baptism, isn't it? Jesus says, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is important, isn't it, for for many reasons. We can make the mistake, can't we, of thinking that being a Christian is just about us doing good things, being kind, or going to church. Actually, baptism says there is a conversion that needs to take place. There is a turning around, a turning from my old way of life, turning to Jesus and a following of him. Yes, Christians should do good things. But fundamentally, it's about following Jesus, turning to him. So, Jesus says, make disciples by going, baptizing, and lastly, by teaching. So you get that uh, in verse 20, where he says, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So being a disciple is not just about being converted. It's not just about making converts, but is about teaching people to obey all Jesus commands. A life lived according to Jesus's teaching, which means a disciple is someone who continually learns and continually is changed by God. We have to keep going being changed, don't we? Which means there will continually be times where, where we look at our lives and we look at God's word and we suddenly go, you know what, I've not been getting this right. I need to change. And we, we all need to keep being changed. And therefore a disciple is someone who will be humble under God's word. How do we know what Jesus teaches? We see it in, uh, in the Bible, uh, in the whole Bible, in the Gospels, where we see Jesus uh, ministering, but also in the teaching of the apostles in the rest of the New Testament. And so we need to come before it all, all of the, uh, of the Bible, going, actually, I'm going to be humble under this, looking to change my life according to it, seeking to be obedient to Jesus and all he commands. Jesus says, making disciples involves teaching them to obey all he's commanded. That's the mission of the church. There you go. The mission of the church is to make disciples by going, baptizing, and teaching. It's helpful to have clarity on that mission for us as a church, isn't it? Then we know what our task is. But it's very easy, actually, to get quite hazy on this. And therefore, I just want to relate this to something maybe you've heard about, um, maybe you've read about, um, you might have heard people talk about, you might not, but you might have heard people talk about um, the five marks of mission. And I just want to relate what Jesus says to that, because that's what we've got to do, isn't it? Uh, we've got to say that when we hear people talk about mission or about anything, really, then say, well, OK, but what does God's word say about this and how does that relate? So you might have heard about the five marks of mission, which are these. I don't know if you can read them up there. Let me read them out for you. The five marks of mission. And this is the Anglican church. We're an Anglican church. Uh, the, the Anglican church has sort of said, yeah, we adopt these. These are our five marks of mission. So what are they? Proclaim the, good, the kingdom's good news. Second, baptize and nurture new believers. Third, respond to human need by loving service. Fourth, change society's unjust structures. And fifth, safeguard the integrity of creation. 
Those are the five marks of mission. Now, already, I want you to see, we've kind of made things more complicated than Jesus has. Jesus said, there's one big thing to do. Here we've got five things to do. So actually, I think we want to say, no, hang on, go back to what Jesus says. Jesus says, making disciples is what your mission is. And actually, I think that relates to the top two on there. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, I think that does, that does come into the Great Commission. After all, how are people going to be baptised if they don't understand about the gospel, the good news of the kingdom? It's all kind of wrapped up in that. So the first one, yes. Second one, baptising and nurturing new believers. Yes, that, that, sort of, that fits within what we've just been saying. It's the going, baptising, teaching. Yeah? What about the other three? Well, I want to say they are all good things. None of them are bad. And they are all commanded in the Bible. They are all things that Christians should be involved in. Christians should be doing. But the question is not what should we be doing. The question is what's our mission? What's our mission as God sends us into the world? So don't mishear me. Some might go away from this thinking, oh, Bart doesn't think we should be serving the needs of others or uh, we shouldn't be trying to change unjust things in society. No, we should be. Okay? We should be doing all those things. The question is, what's our mission? Those other three, those bottom three, responding to human need by loving service, changing society's unjust structures, and safeguarding the integrity of creation. I want to suggest to you, actually, I don't think they are our mission. They're not mission as such. They are good things. The Bible commands us to do them, but they're not our mission. They are, I think this is a helpful quote by Tim Keller, pastor of a a big church in in America, Uh, he says this, the results of the gospel must never be separated from or confused with the gospel itself. And in the context of what Tim Keller is saying, that he's talking about social justice and that kind of thing. And and, I mean, the church that he pastors is one where they've been very involved in mercy ministries, serving the poor, seeking to reach out to the city in, in loving, caring ways. So they do that in the church that he leads. But he's saying, in the context of those things, don't confuse those things with the gospel itself. And the three things at the bottom of that list, I want to suggest to you, are results of the gospel. So... If someone becomes a Christian, turns to Jesus, and they are seeking to live out what Jesus teaches, are being taught what Jesus commands, they will do the bottom three. They will love others, seek to, uh, and so on. I don't need to go through them all. We'll do those things. It's part of being taught to obey Jesus. The top two are the mission. The bottom three will flow as fruit from the gospel. Now you might think, well, so what? Why why do we need to make this distinction? After all, if in the end we need to do all of them, why make the distinction? Why say actually the top two are the mission, the bottom three aren't? Because it really does matter. Because if we think that all five are mission... In some places where you read about these things, it sort of suggests, well, no church can do all five. Therefore, as long as you're doing some of them, you're doing mission. Well, I want to suggest, I don't think that's quite right. 
The bottom three are good things, but I don't think they're mission. So if you've got a church which is looking to change the unjust structures of society or is safeguarding creation, but isn't doing the top two, I don't think they're doing mission. We should be doing those things, but I don't think it's mission. Um, Again, be a bit like us going to Leeds, taking our son there and not dropping him off at university. The mission is to make disciples. And actually, this is what we see when we look at the book of Acts. When you see the church spreading, what do they go and do? What does uh, Paul or Peter, as you look through the book of Acts, what do they do? When they go to a new place, they preach. They proclaim the gospel. They baptize people. They teach. They do those things. Which doesn't mean they don't care about the poor. Oh, no, they care. And you see it very clearly. For instance, if you wanted to make a note in Galatians 2, verse 10, if you want to look that up later, you see for the apostles, for Paul, it is a high priority to love the poor. They are saying, you must be doing this. We should be doing it as Christians. But that's not the first thing they do when they go to a place. It's not the first thing they set up. The first thing they do is proclaim the gospel. So our mission is to make disciples. It is uh, to take the gospel out, to make disciples by going, by baptising, and by teaching. And actually, as we do those things... Actually, you end up doing all five of those five marks of mission. You end up not having to choose between them. Because as you do the top two, and as, you, as we're teaching, as we're doing those things, actually, you're more equipped, you're better equipped to do all the other three. So actually, it works out even better. You don't have to pick and choose. So that is our task, to make disciples. And in a few minutes... John is going to come up and explain how you can give your input, how you can give us your feedback for how we can be doing that task, how we should be doing that task. So I'm just going to pray for us now, and then we're going to sing. Uh, If on any of this you've got questions, I'm very, very happy to chat about it, to talk about it afterwards. There is a lot actually there that we haven't covered about how we relate to the world. Uh, Do grab me on the door afterwards. Very, very happy to talk about these things. Let me lead us in prayer, though. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus gives us great clarity about our mission. Thank you that he commands us to go and make disciples. And we pray that you would bless us, you would help us to do that. Father, we can't do this on our own. We need you with us, we need Jesus with us, we need your spirit to equip us, to fire us up, to go out and make disciples. Father, please would you help us and use us to that end. Amen. Good morning. <laughs> Hopefully this is uh, switched on. Yes. Right, now it's over to you. On your seats you will have found this uh, piece of paper. I'd like you to take it up and have a look at it with me together. We'll uh, go through how, I'd, how we would like you to proceed with this piece of paper and these two questions which are quite complicated and complex 
I'm having, um, as a retired teacher, I'm having deja vu moments here at the moment. Um, you've got some homework, I'm afraid, but you have a week to do it. So these are the two questions we'd like you to prayerfully and carefully think about. Now, it's always good to show what we want you to do and how we want you to think. As a teacher, I was always very careful about not giving too much guidance to students because they take what I said and turn it into their answers, and that's all I get. So I want these to be what you have thought about prayerfully and carefully, and you'd like to feed back to us. Now, to help you, I'm going to take you off to another organisation to think about, to show how they might handle this type of question. Uh, it probably hasn't escaped your attention, but uh, the World Cup starts... This, the Football World Cup, I mean, there's been so many World Cups, I'm being very confused, but this is the World Cup. And I want you to imagine, instead of the church for a moment, you're a football team and you have a mission, and that is to um, win the game. So, if I was Gareth Southgate, I'd be thinking about this, hopefully, been thinking about it for a while, not just this afternoon before the match tomorrow. But this is how they might take these questions and use them and develop them. So... Um, if I was Gareth Southgate, I could say, well, I, I think there are three things that we do, um, we do quite well, we're gifted in. Um, they could be um, accuracy of shooting, we're, we shoot and we're on target when we shoot. It could be um, we keep possession of the ball for much of the match and we're very good at blocking shots. So those are our, our gifts. So how do we make the most of those gifts? Well, we could try and get the ball into the penalty box of the opposition more quickly to get more shots in because they're accurate. If we're good at possession, we could use that to get the ball up the field and towards the goal by short passing between each other. And if we're good at blocking shots, then we should practice at looking big so the opposition gets scared of us and they don't shoot accurately. So that's how a football team might take those questions and develop them. So I want you to think about the mission to make disciples. Think of three things that you think we're gifted in, um, how we could use those effectively, more effectively. But the second question is, how would we um, take what we're doing and try and stop things getting in the way? So I've said, we're, as a football team, we're very good at um, shots on target. But we could also be a bit, um, bit hesitant to shoot because we want to get the ball in the right place to shoot. Now, that might mean we need to be more risk-taking and more decisive when we shoot rather than waiting for things to line up perfectly before we shoot the ball at goal. When it comes to possession of the ball, we could say um, some of our players get impatient passing the ball. They want to go for a glory run and score on their own, and we lose the ball. So we need to be more disciplined in the way that we play. And although we're good at blocking shots, should they actually get shots at goal, maybe we need to be better at anticipating what the opposition does and um, concentrating more. So again, when it comes to making disciples, we have these gifts. What three things, are, well, what things are stopping us from using those gifts more effectively? So if you're a visitor here, I do apologise you had to bear with us through this, but... Uh, this is what we'd like you to think about. We've, we're giving you a week. We'd like you to think about it carefully and prayerfully and bring your answers back next, um, next Sunday. Hopefully there'll be a receptacle for you to put your, your responses in. It, they won't be marked. It's not like a marking exercise and so no right or wrong answers, but we'd love to have your input to help guide us through the planning half day we're doing in January. 
So if there are any questions, please come and ask me. If I've not made myself clear, I'm very happy to, to go through things and maybe add a little bit more clarity. But uh, please take these away, prayerfully and carefully consider your answers and feed them back to us.